and welcome to another episode of the Cannibalizing the Cannon podcast. I am Glaive slash Danny slash definitely awake for more than an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am Rin slash V slash Fella slash definitely not melting. Yeah, and this episode, uh, which I'm definitely not winging, is... (laughs) I'm just I'm just using my joke title because it's a good joke title. Go for uh, it. Open the pod bay's door, Hal, or Enchanted Weapons and you. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So, hey V. Hi. The fuck's an enchanted weapon. <laughs> <laughs> um well I What gonna... comes to mind? I don't need like the dictionary definition. I was gonna say it's a, it's a broad term. Um yeah. an enchanted weapon is a weapon with extra steps yeah. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um so it might have an enchantment to do more damage. Mm-hmm. Or it might have an enchantment that means you can do like you can say a a a, a power word and it suddenly lights up on fire and you mm-hmm. go, Hell yeah, I look like a badass. Or, or, in some cases, yeah, it talks to you in the dead of night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, enchantment can definitely mean buffs and and such and, and such, like V said, and also added effects that your 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 item can do. But also, it has that uh, persnickety feature sometimes of just bringing things that are not alive alive. <laughs> it's almost as if humans made them. It's almost as if humans made. Them. That's a thing. Like, okay, tangent time. So it's not. Oh my a tangent. god, we're not even like a mini in. I know, right? It's great. <laughs> but like, okay, but it's a relevant tangent, so it's barely a tangent. Okay, I believe. So, it. so you know how in Star Trek we have the Prime Directive. Obviously, yes. You, yeah. So. So for those of you who don't know, the Prime Directive is like a, a, a law or a rule that they have in the Star Trek universe where the Federation, the big group, you know, the Enterprise and all that, uh, cannot interfere with a planet that hasn't invented like interstellar space travel. Yes. That's the rule. If they haven't figured that out, they're not allowed to mess with them. Now, you may notice from the original series, there was multiple episodes where they're me- messing with them, but they try to hide themselves, and they try to, like, not interfere and all that jazz. They tried. They tried. Sometimes. I guess that's the important part, according to, to Starfleet. <laughs> you tried. Yeah. Um, what matters is the, is the attempt. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I bring up the Prime Directive is that and the reason why this is relevant to enchanted weapons and why people would make them if they could is that we don't have such beliefs in our current culture. We try our darndest to communicate with anything and everything on this planet. We've taught gorilla sign language <laughs> to be like, no, 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 no. I want to talk to the gorilla. It's like, I don't know if that's ethical, but okay, sure. Great. Let's talk. Let's teach the gorilla how to, how to... we've talked to birds. <laughs> We're just like, no, the bird must know how many cubes there are on the ground. (laughs) Or we need to teach the dog to to, identify different colors and such. 
we like we're just like no we want to really talk to everything and anything that has we even... really do like i feel like sometimes humans are just like we want to just see what it's what it's like to not be human but we want to <laughs> understand that on our level because mm-hmm. god forbid we you know don't <laughs> i guess it, I, I was about to try and sass humans in general but i guess it's just down to the fact that we can only understand things when it's broken down to a level that we can physically understand exactly like there's that horrifying um thing of like we are limited in our perspective as we are so there might be beings out there that live on a completely different dimension to us that we wouldn't even be able to perceive simply because that is the limits of our perception yeah um the same way like certain animals cannot see certain colors and we can and here's a really interesting part, and this is a tangent, where we, I find it interesting how there's a lot of assumptions based upon our own perceptions. Like, mm-hmm. how I perceive the world doesn't necessarily mean that's how you perceive the world. We're mm-hmm. just agreed because we both call the same color green. Yes, um, which is um, interesting when you meet people who are colorblind. Exactly. Because then it's like, try and describe the color green to someone who hasn't seen the color green. And you can't. Because it's just like, that's only our perspective entirely. Like, oh, cool, great. Yep. Yeah. And then it brings up our old friend, the uh, the the mantis shrimp. <laughs> oh, mantis shrimp. Oh, mantis shrimp. It's been a while, in it's fairness. It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute since we referenced our sweet boy. I better not hear any sass about like how they don't see more colors. It's just the wider spectrum. Like, no, I don't care. I don't, you don't know that. They're still special. Exactly. But this brings me down to enchanted weapons. Uh, specifically the sapient kind. Uh, whole like very beauty and the beast. Everything can talk and sometimes dance <laughs> kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to limit myself to weapons as well. Items is also something that's important Absolutely. to discuss here. But I want to bring the uh, the connection here of because you know it's me. I love me some sci-fi. I'm gonna put the sci-fi in. Really? The I yeah. Well. Oh I, my god! I'm not Breaking wearing, news. A, I'm not wearing a Doctor Who shirt right now with the TARDIS on it. Spoiler alert! Danny is totally wearing a, a Doctor Who t-shirt right now. I, I, you know, Doctor Who is one of the more, like, you've got sci-fi and my fantasy things. Yeah. Doctor Who's very fantastical. Well, yes, but... Just not in the elves and dwarves way. Yeah, 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 okay, alright. <laughs> There's yeah, whimsy and discovery and <gasps> look at that giant planet with a face on it. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like... That doesn't mean it's not sci-fi. No, I'm not saying it's not. I I mean, you make it sound like no. I'm saying sci-fi's it's... not allowed to have whimsy. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a difference between sci-fi whimsy and fantasy whimsy. And because I was about much... to kick off because Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, my friends, yeah. boy howdy, has lots of whimsy and it's great. Whimsy by the highly recommended from the show. Yes, watch Absolutely. Strange New Worlds. It's a great time. Um. So, <laughs> okay, let me, perfect example, then, using Doctor Who as mm-hmm. a jumping off point, the TARDIS. 
Yes. The TARDIS has a mind of its own. Literally. It is technically an enchanted item from a fantasy perspective. It, like, if, if you put it in front of a wizard, they're like, oh, you have an enchanted box that's able no, to traverse okay. time and no, space. Here's my, here's my issue with this. Mm-hmm. Here's my issue with this, because... Most enchanted items mm-hmm. start off as items. Not necessarily, but go on. Most. Most. But the TARDIS is a creature that is grown. True. So That's I would, I mean, yeah, absolutely, we we utilize it as an item. <clears throat> but it is a creature that is grown and has a form of sentience, just because it's not one that we immediately recognize and go, hey, that's a living creature. It is a living creature that, that the Doctor reads. Like, you know that episode uh, from the 11th Doctor's run where the, they... The, the, the new Gaiman one? <laughs> no, where they're traveling on Star Whales. Oh, yeah. Right? The Doctor's basically doing that with a TARDIS. Yeah. And the fact that that's never recognized really annoys me. Like, but he's all high and mighty... Though. There's a difference. There is 100% a difference. Is there? Because in that episode of the Star Whales, it's the Starship UK, right? It's mm-hmm. like they're traveling. But they're literally hurting the whale to get yes. to where they need. The doctor is not hurting the TARDIS to get to where he needs. Have we ever had that officially confirmed? Yes, when the TARDIS became like a person a for two yeah, seconds and didn't mention the fact, like, hey, heads up. I am in constant pain. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. But also, no, it's less that because, uh, as we don't spoiler alert, if you haven't seen that episode, but at the end they stop hurting the whale, and the whale Whoa. keeps keeps traveling yeah. because you know the whale's not a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that energy, the bit at the end. Yeah. But they never acknowledge that that's no. the situation with the TARDIS, and it just bothers me. Anyway. Then the other thing about that that's wonderful, and this is also relevant to Enchanted Items, and I'll get to that right now, is that more often than not, the Doctor does not drive the TARDIS. The TARDIS drives the Doctor. <laughs> yes. However, this puts the perspe- the scenes where he hits her with a hammer into perspective. <laughs> that's okay. But this is where my point of the TARDIS is not a person. It, I I understand where you're coming from, and I understand that. I just like... I don't agree that the the, the TARDIS <laughs> is an enchanted item. Sure, but I it is not a person. It, no, I don't. I'm not saying it's a person apart the from the where it was a person. Yeah, the TARDIS is entirely its own thing. There is nothing else that's like it. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, like but even I wouldn't... when you compare it to other. Like it's not an artificial intelligence. It's just an intelligence. <laughs> it's just an intelligence, absolutely. But I would not I would not categorize it. I wouldn't like if we were moving Doctor Who into a Dungeons and Dragons style setting, I would not make it a magical item. No. I would make it a companion. Which is interesting in itself. Yeah, oh well, you know, the connotations there. Um or maybe a construct. Construct would be yeah, I See, this is where we get to. <laughs> to me, a construct is is an enchanted item of extra steps. <laughs> I think it. I guess. I think my issue is mm-hmm. with enchanted items. They start out as items most of the time. 
Yeah, and that's the crux of the difference of opinion, because I think that you can have an enchanted item that doesn't start off as, like, a mundane item. You can have a wizard out there specifically go out to create an item that is sapient. <laughs> but are they... The question is intent, I guess, because mm-hmm. if they're going out of their way to try and create an item that has an opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is now how I'm describing <laughs> all sentient items, um, are they going out with the intention of creating life, or are they going out with the intention of creating an item with an opinion? Because if they're doing that, then they still have to start off with the item. True, true. Which brings me... And I realized, I, dear uh, listener, I realized this episode is going to be like, yeah, Danny and V just talked about like a whole bunch of tangents where we're all kind of connected to each other. This is what this episode is. Yeah, this is going to be a bit of a mess episode and I'm here for it. Let's go. In the most beautiful way, though. So this brings me to um, Frankenstein and Prometheus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay that was a bit of a, a, yeah. a shift into left gear all right yeah. okay you don't know where i'm getting at from no. prometheus and frankenstein okay so which one are you hear about first let's do okay i'm i'm more familiar with frankenstein yeah so obviously everyone knows about frankenstein's monster okay story... let's not make assumptions <laughs> well i'll get to it the story of victor frankenstein who has an obsession with creating life? Who who I, the I'm usual real, was just an overdramatic grad student. Yeah, one hundred percent. Can we just? I just I have a lot of. I'm I'm real mad about Victor Frankenstein. I got a lot of opinions on that dickhead. Okay, <laughs> like I'm super mad about him. He creates life, right? Yeah. He's out here. He's obsessed with the idea. He ditches all of his studies mm-hmm. to go and create life. Right, mm-hmm. so he was a. This is the thing. He was a scientist before all of this. Yep. Shenanigans, and he's like, "Oh, I'm a. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, electricity. I'm a poke a frog. <laughs> um, but I'm. Pre- I'm 100 percent sure I could do this with a human body. Uh, it's. It's not legal, but I'm gonna uh, rob some graves and build a dude and give it a go. And he yep. gives it a go, and it. What do you know? It works. And he's like, "Oh shit." I don't fucked what up. Now? <laughs> what now? What do I do? Now? The, I peaked, you know, and and I don't like it. So get the fuck out of here. Which just, you know, it's almost as if his actions had consequences. Yeah. Fucking, I just—he makes me so mad. He makes me so angry. He's just such a felon. But you anyway. see what I'm getting at in terms of like an intelligent individual going out to create life. Yes. And in doing so, does not realize the consequences of what they wrought. Yes. I mean, you could sum up most of, you know, modern science fiction slash fantasy mm-hmm. <laughs> under that umbrella. Yeah. Like, well, that's how stories work. That's yeah. why, th- th- this is why this podcast exists. <laughs> it's like, yeah, everyone cannibalizes everyone's canons. Also, pick up Mary Shelley. Yeah. I mean, oh, look yeah. at Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is Frankenstein with dinosaurs. you're right and now i'm mad again (laughs) frankenstein or jurassic park is frankenstein with dinosaurs and they they haven't really changed the formula since (laughs) Mm -hmm. um uh, 
It's hilarious as well, considering the fact that, like, if you follow the Jurassic Park films, they get more and more away from the original idea of, like, when you first see the dinosaurs in the first film, it's like, look at these graceful animals. They do travel in herds and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Even the Velociraptor is treated as, like, it's a movie monster, but it's a movie monster that kind of makes sense. It's like, it's a predator. It's going to prey. It's that's what it's going to do. Why are you all surprised by this? It's not as effective as it would have been. Like no, it like an actual Velociraptor would have been the size of a turkey and mm-hmm. not as much of a threat. But it's movie Hollywood. It's fine. That's grand. Um, but my point being, in in respect to Frankenstein, is that Frankenstein monster, the 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 shambling body of many different parts. Mm-hmm. Their whole deal is the fact that they're innocent, not from like our like as not from a law perspective, but like from a fresh in existence. They don't have former memories of their criminal life of wherever their brain came from. It's just because they're starting new. They're learning how to do things. They're learning how to live. And uh, there's a lot of information that's brought on to them at once. And so it's like bringing it's like having a newborn child, turning them to be like 30 years old and then letting them loose into the world. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what happens in the book. And and it's the interactions with the world and 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 having the having the the preconceptions of other people as well. Because people look at, at this kind of like higgledy piggledy patchwork person and just like, oh no. And mm-hmm. and 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 he has to deal with that and and kind of be like, all oh, right, okay, I don't really know what anything is but i know it all hates me great and that's that. why like so one you see the tropes of frankenstein of like he's afraid of fire like of course he's afraid of fire a child would be afraid of fire like right? oh god oh god I, i'm gonna be real i'm not the biggest fan of fire <laughs> i <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's a weird thing it's like yeah. it's like yeah. having frankenstein be afraid of guns like yeah i'd yeah, be afraid yeah. of guns exactly <laughs> <laughs> right um, but yeah, my point being, he's afraid of falling from a great height. No fucking shit. Yeah, he's basically just a dude. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> he's just a dude. Just, just a regular <laughs> lad, you know. Just out um, here trying to trying to trying to not be really confused by everything. Mm-hmm. But that so in respect to Jurassic Park, we start off with their animals and they're just going to do what animals do. And to the point where, where we are now in the franchise, where it's like all of these creatures will kill you on sight. They are incredibly lethal, intelligent monsters that prey upon humans constantly. That's like, eh, like a tiger isn't a monster, but it will kill you if it had the opportunity to, because that's what tigers would do. But that doesn't mean it's like a, an incredibly like, malicious being it's just trying to survive the hey, same way with hey, hey hey hold on we've all seen Shere Khan uh-huh but that's we my point know. exactly that's my point exactly <laughs> like- no, but that's it it's it's very much a uh, you know we've in in trying to understand creatures we have assigned them very human traits yeah. and it's the same thing with Frankenstein where in the original story he's just a dude that is freaked out by everything and it just goes poorly and of course he's gonna end up being a bit like put out 
<laughs> my existing because like I didn't ask for this. Now everyone hates me. It's what the even, fuck? <laughs> it's not even that he's put out by existing because I think there is a part of him. He comes to terms with the fact that the world reviles him. Yeah, but. The thing that he can't really reconcile for a very long time is the fact that the one who created him and gave him life <laughs> rejects him immediately off the bat. Like, there's no, there's no, like, ah, yes, you are my creation, you're fantastic. It's literally, oh, fuck, I done goofed here, and immediately throws him out. So then, and then, and then all he wants is for someone to understand him, someone to be on the same page. So he asks for a wife. And yep. I don't think that's particularly like unbelievable. Also, by the way, if Jurassic Park ends with dinosaurs asking for wives, I'm just saying. No, 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 no. Because remember in the first movie, they were all female. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just, life finds a way. Right? <laughs> I just, I just really want a shot of of a of Velociraptor like trying to explain to humans that it just wants a wife. I'm just here for that energy. Give me a husband. <laughs> um, but yeah, and even then, it's literally just because it's not like he, he like he fully says, I you know, I'm not looking to have a family and settle down and have kids and all that kind of nonsense. I just want someone who gets it. Mm-hmm. Because my perspective is so unique in the sense that there is no one else in the world who understands what I'm dealing with right now because there is no one else who has been through this because this is a brand new technique that you pioneered, you fuckhead. And and Victor Franklin was like, ah, oh, no, no, I can't do that. And he's like, you fucking will, bitch. Like you, you, you fucked <laughs> around. Now find out. Like, hundred percent. So then, I'm pro monster. In case you're not aware, like I'm very pro. I, I, no, well, there's that line of like honestly. Victor. The reason why it's called Frankenstein is because Victor Frankenstein is the true monster. Hundred mm. percent. We um. So we studied uh Frankenstein in college, which is why I'm I'm very savvy on it. Um, and uh, we called the monster Frank because he was he was our sweet boy and we adored him. Hell yeah, Frank. But you see. Now, in the context of an enchanted item, because I um like I agree with you that enchanted items can start off as items and then become mm-hmm. sapient and such, but I feel like you can just divide them in two. So you've got the items that start off as mundane and become something more, and then you've got the things that are personally set out from the get-go to become something that is sentient or sapient. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think there's a difference there. But not by much. Like, they can have the same outcome uh, on both sides. But I really like the idea that, like, majority of the time, any of those evil enchanted Mm -hmm. items that, like, sow thoughts into your mind and make you do things that you haven't, you wouldn't otherwise do and such, almost every time I like to imagine it's like, it's some wizard trying to, like, make something more powerful, fucking up. And and try having to deal with the consequences of their actions. Absolutely, like it's 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 a classic kind of like oh yeah, I'm definitely going to create this ring that is going to inspire future scholars and wizards mm-hmm. into creating wonderful things, and, and you're going to see a golden age. We're going to hit a renaissance. It's going to be amazing. Ah, fuck. Oh, Matt, he just wants to kill everyone. <laughs> Oh dang! All it's, right, it's um, the it's the Ultron outcome. It's, yeah, yeah, it is. It's one hundred percent the Ultron. Ultron is 
an interesting an interesting argument for for an enchanted item. Mm-hmm. I mm, <laughs> really murking the waters here. Because <laughs> for me, I would argue warforged or mm-hmm. construct. Mm-hmm. Because literally construct, and I get what you mean now by when you say construct is basically an enchanted item with extra steps. Um, <laughs> how do you? Yeah, okay. How do you feel warforged fit into this? I that, well, warforged are a construct, so then yeah, they would be. I think in the context of most RPG games, mm-hmm. warforged are like they're still the same, like still an enchanted item with extra steps, but they're so far up a lot up the ladder that like they are a person. They are uh, no different from anyone else. They're just uh, like, if you think about it, and this is the science side of speaking now, all people are just a collection of cells and those cells are a collection of molecules. Yeah. So what you're saying is we're all constructs. We're all technically constructs. Yes. Cool. But- all right sound more complicated than ours. <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with that argument. I'm just saying we're all pretty complicated on some. Oh level. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> or at least that's what I keep telling my exes. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. None of them listen to the podcast. <laughs> so. So with the context of like wizards and other mages just trying to make something and then not realizing that it just will can and will go to shit if they're not doing it correctly. That this explains all of the items out there that weren't purposely made to be cursed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of dark wizards that are like, ah, I'm going to make this sword. That makes people stab other people. It's going to be hilarious, huh? Um. <laughs> <laughs> and and someone's behind him going, Dave, Dave, do you want to aim a little higher? <laughs> no! Does my lights work? <laughs> D- Dave, Dave, we've already got four of those. Like, <laughs> But this one's pointier. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so before I start talking about artificial intelligences, uh, because that's where we're headed, <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to talk about Prometheus for two seconds, mm-hmm. because, uh, that, that also got the same reaction of what the fuck are you talking about, Danny, from V. <laughs> it, no, okay. It was not the, 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 what the fuck are you talking about? It was, I'm not. As familiar with the story of Prometheus oh, as yeah. I am with Frankenstein, so right. my brain was like, "I don't understand the connection here." Right. Well, so, what's the subtitle of Frankenstein? <laughs> I was about to say how I learned to live with the monster within, but that's not true at all. That's just uh, that's just one I made up. Um, I don't remember. The modern Prometheus. Oh, oh well, okay then. Yeah. <laughs> So fucking call that in 4K over here, Jesus. The 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 legend of Prometheus, for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know, including V, is <laughs> basically in Greek mythology, before you know the pantheon that we all know existed, there were the Titans. Um, yeah, no, not those Titans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Not the Titans from the Cannibalizing the Cannon <laughs> one shot anniversary game. Uh, but um, yeah, but like, so the, there was the Titans, which for all intents and purposes were the gods. And one of those Titans was Prometheus. And his thing was he had the power of foresight. He was able to deduce things that were about to happen. And he mm-hmm. figured, he went to his brother and was like, hey, hey, bro. Um, Yo, what's up? You know how, like, the boss, the head titan is having a bunch of these kids, but there's that prophecy that one of his kids is going to betray him. Uh-huh. And so he's eating them. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not going to end well. I can already see that's not going to end well. So what if we just fought for the Greek, the, the god, instead of the Titans, okay? Uh, don't Trust me here. It'll work out for us. Uh, all right. Okay, sure. <laughs> and that's what happened. Um, the gods <laughs> went to war with the Titans. They won. Prometheus and his brother were on the side of Zeus and Poseidon and Hades, etc. Uh-huh. Uh, all the other Titans got thrown into the pits of Tartarus for most of the... I think most of them, anyway. Um, all guarded by Cyclopses and, and such, I think. I could have gotten that wrong. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we we will get corrected at a later date. The point is, mm-hmm. after the Greek gods won, uh, Zeus put Prometheus and his brother in charge of creating all life on Earth. <laughs> so sure. What they did. They started seems, going it seems at like it. a fair deal. I know, right? It's like, you go ahead, you do that. And uh, Zeus also gave them like a bunch of the gifts from the gods to, 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 to dolly out. It'd be like, here, just, just hand it out. It's cool, it's grand. Uh, so, like, that's how, according to Greek mythology, fish can swim, birds can fly, etc., etc. Uh, and some animals can run through the grass. I don't know how that's a a gift from the gods, but okay. <laughs> All of this is important for enchanted items in the in the in the context of giving gifts from other beings onto items. That's an yeah. interesting idea in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving certain traits from from one creature to an item. Exactly, is a, is a thing. Um. So here's here's when things went poorly. Prometheus gave the humans free will. And Zeus was like... Objectively a terrible idea. Yeah, but Zeus was like, what the fuck? How dare you? We want them to be subservient. We want them to just worship us. That's all we need. What are you doing? And then Prometheus is like, no, no, it's fine. I'm going to make them have anxiety. <laughs> but in a good way. But in a good way. Yeah, okay, sure, Prometheus. Um... I was because I was about to say if Prometheus has foresight, um, surely like he. They don't mention that later on in the. Yeah, you're right. I was just thinking. I was thinking this. This goes off off piece quite quickly because if I was Prometheus and I had foresight and I'd started making these absolute mad lads called humans, mm-hmm. I'd like kind of I'd I'd want to see what they turn out to be, you know. So I'd look ahead and then I'd be like, oh Jesus, this was a mistake. Put them back in the clay. Put them back in the, the clay. Here's the thing. When he's making the humans out of clay, that's an important factor that I should mention as well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, I was just guessing. <laughs> no, it was. It's true. It's what he did. Uh, but, like, if you consider the fact that he had forethought and he could see what Zeus and the Evergods wanted and what... No. 
no, that's not, I like these little beings. I don't want them to be basically slaves to the gods. And from that perspective, I understand of like, I'm going to let them decide for themselves what they want to do. Uh, and they'll be better for it. And so that's what he did. And then Zeus retaliated by taking away all fire on Earth. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because that's a rational reaction. This is Zeus. Zeus. About. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then from there, Prometheus stole some fire from the gods. That's the, that's the bit I know. And then brought it back to the humans. And it's like, here, don't tell anybody. Take this. <laughs> there you go, No buds. one will know. It's fine. And then Zeus knew and, and, and put yeah, funny Prometheus that. on top of a mountain and made him get tortured for all eternity. But that's, you know... That's the, that's the bird, right? Yeah. It's, it's the, the bird the, eating the spleen. Bird eating the spleen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the spleen growing back and et cetera, et cetera. And it all things considered, Prometheus is a pretty cool guy. Um, I mean... He... <clears throat> like, humanity would not be humanity in the context of this myth without him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't argue with that. Uh-huh. I just <laughs> I just object to owing a man anything. <laughs> we need that on a t-shirt. I yeah, honestly, merch <laughs> coming soon. I just I just I don't know I don't know what it is. I just like I don't I don't think there are there are good people in Greek mythology. I think they're all fucked up on some level. Hey V, remember how this podcast was my idea? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> bye. Um, but yeah, so so in in the context of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. it is my opinion that Zeus is the Victor Frankenstein in this situation, and. Prometheus is more of an analogy for life, and the humans are the are the monster. Are you suggesting that life finds a way? That's exactly what I'm suggesting. We've we did a full Excellent. circle. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum was right. <laughs> yep. Um, so, like the 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 idea of Zeus having one idea for the outcome, being like, "Yes, they will be subservient to us and do whatever the fuck we say," and then it not going that way, and him going, "Oh fuck! Oh no!" <laughs> Um, like, yeah, so it, so then that brings us to every single, uh, science fiction film that involves artificial intelligence. <laughs> All of them. All, All of, of them. them ever. Let's go. All of them ever. Now we can split this up a bit and for relevancy to magic items that are enchanted, here's the things you need to think about. So you remember how I said there's two kinds mundane into sapiens and then start off the bat sapiens mm-hmm. what if i said there's a third kind which is a kind of like a subcategory of the okay, second first of all how dare you but continue the third kind <laughs> is, and i've used this quite a lot in the nocturne campaign is just literally grabbing another sapiens and putting it into a thing mm-hmm. so taking a person and basically confining them within an item yeah, I I think you're right on subsection because yeah. I don't because essentially like a lot of a, a lot of enchanted items that have sapience tend to be we have trapped something in here rather yeah. than yeah. we created something to put in here. Exactly, um, but that's fascinating in itself. I find 
Like, for mm -hmm. example, in the Nocturne campaign, there is a sword called the Blade of Vicus. It contains a dude named Vicus, <laughs> who is a racist uh, high elf. I mean, you could have stopped with high elf. I'm just saying. But he's so racist that he won't talk to anyone that's not an elf. Oh, okay. <laughs> to the point where, uh, for the longest time, people were like, can he only talk to elves? Or is he choosing to only talk to elves? <laughs> he's only choosing. <laughs> he's just a butt. <laughs> um, and the hilarious thing is, he's not even that great of a magic item. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he gives a bit of a bonus. He's, he's basically, I think he's a plus two sword. <laughs> it's like, great. Ooh, and he talks. Ah. <laughs> I mean, plus two sword, depending on what level you are, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but other items can have that exact thing. So, like, take Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Hal 9000. Uh, that, I think, is what most people go to when I say evil AI. They, yeah. They always think of open the pod bay doors, Hal. Or, because it's, it's like, it's such a... a, a, a like monument to our culture that it like it's just through osmosis you don't you would you don't have to have seen 2001 a space odyssey to know all about what how 9000 is about you you all know the tropes of like oh he reads lips at some point he doesn't obey what the humans say um he dies by singing daisy yeah that whole thing yeah yeah um, I am living proof of this because exactly. I've never seen the film and I know all of these things. Exactly. All of these tropes are for the picking for your uh, evil magic item. Especially, Absolutely. Especially when they start off like, oh, look how useful this is. And then slowly but surely the player characters realize, oh no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh I love the idea of having a magic item that at the beginning people think, oh, it's such a nice thing. And then it suggests plot hooks and like, oh, it's saying we should go over here and, and get this treasure. And slowly but surely, the party realize they're creating the big bass. <laughs> Absolutely. I've not had that, mostly because I don't... As a as a DM, I tend not to fuck with sentient items too much. Yeah. Um. Partly because um, it's another it's another voice to have to do, and it's just like I'm just I'm just tired. You're a DM. Um, it's all that's it's all, baby. <laughs> I know, but why would I make more work for myself? Um. But no, it it, it it's one of those things where where I feel like it's kind of difficult to prep for. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of a lot of what it's potentially going to do or say is dependent on what it gets asked. Sure, but that's right. you throw in the fact that it has its own agenda and personality. And yeah, it, absolutely. It's basically just an NPC. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but I, so I've I've only had one. I've only created one. Well, mm -hmm. I've only had one that's that's in play. There's probably more than one. I've probably made more than one, but yeah, yeah, there's yeah. only one that's in play at the minute, um, which is uh, for a hexblade. So yeah, well that makes sense. Kind of goes with the territory, yeah. Heck yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? It, it's fine. Uh, so, in the context of 
an enchanted item that has someone else in it, there is another example I can think of, which is something that not a lot of people would consider. Because, well, no, not that they wouldn't consider it. They don't know what the property is, so. <laughs> what now? <laughs> so this is, um, so, V, you've heard of Judge Dredd. 40 years in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, the same company that made Judge Dredd also made another, well, they made quite a few stories, but specifically Rogue Trooper. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people don't know about Rogue Trooper. The only reason I know about Rogue Trooper is because my dad was a huge fan. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's actually interesting. And I read some comments. Like, oh, that's really interesting. So here's the other thing. I mean, I promise we'll get to the Enchanted Items bit again. Uh, everyone knows James Cameron's Avatar. Oh, that that little-known movie? Mm-hmm. That little-known movie that's getting four sequels? Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Yes, we're, 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 we're aware. Yeah, and then you're also <laughs> aware of the fact that a lot of people just point at Avatar and are like, that's Fern Gully. Or that's Dancing with Wolves, or insert other story here. Because Avatar is one of the epitomes of we're just going to cannibalize some cannon <laughs> and put some special effects over it. Like, yeah, that's what that is. But the interesting thing is, is that the science fiction elements of Avatar has a lot in common with Rogue Trooper. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, a lot. Uh, so genetically engineered soldiers with blue skin using technology that is able to transfer consciousness. And also they're specifically genetically engineered in order to breathe the atmosphere on the planet. Wait, wait, you're not describing Avatar right now? I'm not describing Avatar. (laughs) (laughs) But you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like genuinely, like when you saw that description, I was like, why is he just describing Avatar again? Yeah, because that's oh, what Blue Trooper is. Yeah. <laughs> like, down to the blue skin. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, so the main character is Rogue Trooper. That's his name. <laughs> and uh, so another another thing that I can point to for this cannibalizing... And there might not be a connection. I don't care. I can see a connection. Uh, the Halo franchise. In the Halo franchise, a lot of the Spartans are dead. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna nod into the, uh, you, the, we're going way out of my, uh... Well, okay, I'm letting you know, most of the Spartans are dead. That's not really much of a spoiler. The Spartans are dead. <laughs> but, so, the same, similar thing happens to Rogue Trooper. Basically, all of these genetically engineered soldiers just die mm-hmm. on, on, like, their first mission deployed. Like, uh, they get massacred. Uh, Rogue Trooper specifically has three squad mates with him. Uh, all of which, quote-unquote, die. Mm-hmm. This is the bit where we talk about enchanted items and sapiens. Because another thing about the the, the conscious transferring thing, because these aren't people transferred into bodies. These yeah. are fully formed people by themselves. But when they die, their consciousness gets downloaded into what's called a death chip that's on their neck. Okay. And so Rogue Trooper grabs each of the dev chips from his free comrades, and because it's all designed to be intercompatible, he puts them on his gear. This is the stupid part. <laughs> because okay. all of these, these free squad mates 
already had these names. Okay. So Helm, Gunner, and Bagman. I won't give you any guesses to determine what gear they end up on. I would straight up have not put them in those deliberately. <laughs> Just to be a dick. I was like, Helm, all right, you're going in my boots. Let's go. <laughs> Fuck all of y'all. Shouldn't but, have died. But, even as characters... They are what you imagine them to be in terms of like, yeah, Gunner likes like combat and shooting, and he's a good marksman. Helm is all recon and intelligence and scanning. Bagman is the guy who has all the ammunition and and supplies and provides medicine and such. It's like it's almost as if they got those names because they liked those things. And yeah, exactly. And then they became those things. <laughs> Were they in fact engineered for purpose? Do we think? As in to. The, well, I mean, yeah, there is that perspective of they have the dev chips. Everyone's fully aware that the dev chips can be placed on their gear. So then you can imagine that in the event of their death, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. But then what the fuck are you going to do with Rogue Trooper if he dies? <laughs> well, well, we'll put you on the boots because you like trooping. There you go. But... Yeah, basically. <laughs> um. But you see exactly what I mean by uh, like the context of magic items in this scenario, uh, yes. having essentially death chips that like you can put on items. They don't have to actually be these microchip things you stick on. They can just actually be um, I don't know, like a stamp, <laughs> or 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 whatever else you feel would be relevant to to your world. I like the stamp idea. Yeah. But that's, you know, because of that book. Because of that book, but that's not because dealing with artificial intelligence. No, but, but, but like... The... It is dealing with... Oh, actually, it is. It is. Emperor it of is. the Soul is. Okay, so we're talking about Emperor of the Soul now. Emperor, the yeah, Emperor yeah. of Soul. So Brandon Sanderson, one of, our, uh, one of my favorite authors, has a short story called The Emperor's Soul. Uh... The main character is a mage-type individual who's mm-hmm. able to alter the reality of items by applying stamps to them. And the way that this works is basically it's altering their history in some capacity in order for the outcome that they desire. So they can put a stamp on a broken window and return it to what it might have been before. Yeah. Uh, so it's no longer broken. Or a prior window in the same place. Uh, mm-hmm. making it um, stained glass, etc. Um, this can also be done to people, but it's far more dangerous. Uh, it takes time and skill. They're able to... They have to basically customize the stamp to the individual uh, to the point where the main character has a few stamps that gives them the ability to become other people temporarily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 like it's not even necessarily other people. It's how they would have turned, turned out. out if they'd, for example, had martial arts training, or if they'd, you know, learned how to lockpick. And it's very specific things that they require. Yeah, but it's it's it, yeah, it's it's it takes a long time to do. And if somebody got hold of those seals, it would be very dangerous for them because it's a lot of essentially a lot of revealing information and, and somebody could essentially backwards engineer those stamps and do stuff to them, which is yeah. a bad time. Yeah. 
which in itself is an interesting concept for 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 enchanted items. Yes. Uh, so the actual plot, because that's the character, the plot of the the short story is the fact that there's an empire who basically has this character as a prisoner and basically puts it to them like, hey, the emperor is in a coma. They're not waking up. We mm -hmm. need you to basically fix that. Uh, not just like wake them up using a stamp. No, that the emperor is brain dead. The emperor is not coming back. If you, even if you wake, wake them up, they will not regain consciousness. Yeah. So you're gonna have to start fresh. So you're literally, have to basically hmm? rewrite. Yeah. Word perfect the emperor's entire personality this guy you've never met before by the way um <laughs> here's his diaries fucking go to town and she's just like what the fuck <laughs> excuse you so then the idea of that yeah, so it's it's making an artificial intelligence that you're gonna put mm -hmm. into a flesh and blood human marvel does this used to do this a lot with their ais like the vision mm-hmm in MCU, Vision is a combination of Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, Ultron, and Jarvis. That's who he is. Yeah. In the comics, Vision is based on the brain patterns of Captain Marvel. Not that Captain Marvel, for those of you who imagine Carol Danvers. I thought he was based on the on the brain patterns of Wonder Man. Please hold. <laughs> you might be right. Uh, no, you are right, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're correct. Yes, yes, yes. But point is, Marvel does a lot of this thing where they base brain patterns onto robots. <laughs> Technically speaking, I think Ultron's brain patterns are based on Hank Pym's. I can't remember. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. It's, 1960s. it's been a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Combining everything we just said, the dev chips, the stamps in the Emperor's soul, the brain pattern thing. Also, I, I really, like, there's that storyline of um, Doc Ock body swapping with Peter Parker mm -hmm. to become superior Spider-Man for a short period of time. Uh, I always found that weird. It's the same exact issue as why I would never get into a Star Trek teleporter, <laughs> transporter, because... I don't care what you're going to tell me. It feels like you're copy-pasting me. And I... Well, no, you're cut-pasting me. You're not even copy-pasting me. You're cut-pasting me. <laughs> and I don't like that idea at all. No, 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 no. It's the same thing with the, the, the Doc Ock swapping bodies with Peter Parker. For all intents and purposes, they did not, like, swap souls or minds or anything. Doc Ock rewrote Peter Parker's brain patterns to be exactly like Doc Ock's instead. Yeah. Which, like, huh? <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so in, in the magic item side of things, I think people should do that. Mm -hmm. I think people should take inspiration to make their big bads items occasionally. Uh, do the whole thing. Like, Horcruxes from Harry Potter is a good example of, like, nonsense uh, like a, 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 a being inside of an item mm -hmm. um same thing with the one ring sauron just yeah. hanging out just influencing those around him he doesn't even talk that much <laughs> he's just grumpy he's just grumpy um 
whatever examples. Um, I would argue from uh, a purely passive example is Excalibur. It's never outright said that Excalibur is enchanted, but it is a magic sword that somehow has like the authority to grant someone the monarchy. I it, I mean magical definitely. I don't I don't know if sentience is implied. Same with Mjolnir. Yeah. I don't know if it's if it's it's difficult because it because it, it, it has it, to be able to know who's picking it up. Yeah. It has to be able to know, like, you're not worthy. So, and that's a very subjective, like, yeah, exactly. that is what it says. Like, how does the hammer know who's worthy or not? This is what I mean exactly. Like, same as, how does the Excalibur know who's the rightful heir to the to, to, to the king? And you could yeah. argue, that's just Merlin magic, just being like, only Arthur can pick it up. <laughs> um, and the same thing in the context of in your D&D game. Like, like Vicus not wanting to talk to anyone that's not an elf. It's the same level as the hammer not wanting to be picked up by anyone that's not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> Except probably slightly less racist. Probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> You'd hope so. Jesus. I'm trying to think. If the, uh, I kind of feel obligated to mention the, uh, the sword from uh, Critical Role. True. Craven's Edge? Craven Edge, yeah. Craven Edge. That was a beautiful, beautiful uh, magic That's item. very well done. That's uh, very well done. <laughs> like, having a sword that just... Giving it to the barbarian of all people and being like, I feast upon the souls of the innocent. And <laughs> Grog being like, okay, that's, that's cool. <laughs> we can do that. Bacon. <laughs> uh... That's also a good point of drama amongst the party, where it's like, you talking to your sword? Like, no. 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 <laughs> uh, another good example of talking weaponry and items is all the, the enchanted items that are in the back of the DMG. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe. Are Vecna's items enchanted? I feel like they are just not. I out feel loud. like they are, yeah. I just <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, it's the hand of Vecna and the eye of Vecna. I feel like I know there's a chance of just holding them, you'd be, just become evil. It's like there you go, there you go, bud. Just, just get out there and, and have yeah, fun. It's a bad time. Um, there's also a, an axe that that is enchanted as well, etc. Have fun with your magic items. Just look at all the plethora of of inspirations we've given you today. Heck yeah. Anything else you'd like to say, V? Um, if, a, if you pick up a sword and it starts talking to you, don't trust a word it says. <laughs> Ever. Friends, bad idea. Friends don't let friends talk to their weapons without, <laughs> you know, talking about it first. <laughs> yeah, make sure everyone's aware when something's talking to you. There shouldn't be. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. Ignore the cannibalizing the canon anniversary game where <laughs> that happened multiple times. Like, eh. Yeah, learn from my mistakes is what I'm saying. Uh, that's the end of the episode. The, uh, cannibalizing the canon episode 34. Open the pod base door, Hal. Enchanted mm-hmm. weapons are, and you. Uh, be sure to email. Ask us questions. Give us reviews. Tell us how well or not well we're doing. 
We 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 crave validation and feedback. Uh, cannibalizing the cannon, cannibalizing the cannon at gmail.com. That's cannibalizing with a Z. Yep. Uh, you can tweet us at cannibal cannon. Yep. You can go to our Discord, which we have now. Yeah. I feel uh, like we should put something at the beginning of this episode to mention that. Nope. <laughs> Just, okay. Cool. Nope. Grand. Um. All of the links in the beacon to, to below. Yep. Join the Discord. It's all good times. It's a, it's a what? It's a dedicated Discord to the podcast now. Yeah, it's specifically for the for the for the podcast. Um, Come hang out with us. All time. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Heck there, yeah. We'll put events and such and things on there. I might. I'm not going to promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> gonna say this sounds like a you thing (laughs) but until next time i have been glaive slash danny slash talking to the enchanted toaster (laughs) and i have been rin slash v slash vela slash (laughs) it's so warm it's so warm in here oh dear oh dear (laughs) and that's been cannibalizing the cannon bye